Can the church say praise the Lord? Can the church say hallelujah? For there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood can lose all their guilty stains. Truly we bless the name of the Lord today for his many blessings, his favor in our lives, and thank him for one more beautiful day. Amen. A beautiful day to come and to sing and to praise his holy name, to worship him in song and in prayer and in the sharing of his eternal word. Pray that you've been blessed by the worship experience already. And we're going to continue in our theme, the Christian experience. Looking again at Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 5 from the New King James Version. Thanking God for Sister LaFay leading us in devotion today. And Brother Eric and Brother David and the choir. And thank God for the usher on the floor and all of you who are here today. Thank God for your presence. Isaiah 40, in verse 1, we read, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. New Testament scripture is in John's gospel. John chapter 11. I'm going to begin reading at verse 38. John's gospel, the gospel of St. John chapter 11. We're going to begin reading at verse 38. When you find it, say amen. John's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse 38, we read. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench. For he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them, the things Jesus did. I want to share with us briefly this morning from the subject of the Christian experience. Jesus had something to, to say and do. Jesus had something to say and do. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we adore you. And we place no one above you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all your goodness and all your kindness and all your favor, Lord. 
We thank you that you're working right here among us, Lord. Even though things may seem difficult or a challenge, Lord, but we know we can feel it in our hearts that you're doing something among us, Lord. And right now we want to say hallelujah, Lord. Glory to the Lamb of God who is seated upon the throne. The angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Shadydale is filled with your glory. And we thank you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Now bless your people, Lord. Where healing needs to take place, let it take place, Lord. Where things are broken, Lord, mend it right now, Lord. Where there are burdens, Lord, lift the burdens today as we lift up the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, reign over your people right now. Reign over Miss Wanika right now. Just send your healing touch right now. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit move in the midst of your people, Lord. Where there's confusion, Lord, bring order, Lord. And most of all, have your way, Lord. Have your mighty way. And we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Because in the saving, strong, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
I love the Lord today because he cared for us in such a special way. We love him and we thank him. We praise his name. And my heart is filled with praise. We thank God for his blessings today. Our subject is the Christian experience. Jesus has something to say and do. We're on this theme, the Christian experience. And as we go through the Gospel of St. John, I hope each time we share, it causes us to reflect on our lives and to examine our lives, how we see ourselves, that we will see ourselves as the people of God, how we treat others, because we want to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we want to recognize how we live before God, because we want to make sure that we're doing what God told us to do, to do his will, to be obedient, and to, to love him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Because the most important word in this, in this theme is the word Christian. Because I want us to be Christ-like in the way we live our lives every day. Not just on Sunday morning. Just to say that we came to Shadydale and that's it. But I want us to live Christ-like every day. Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Every day of our lives I want us to live for Christ. Because one day Christ is going to return. How sad it would be if we lived around the church all our lives and never said, Lord, come into my heart and I'm going to live my life for you. You can do that and know the power of God for yourself. See, it's good to have a good grandmother and grandfather to pray for you and all those things, but it's better to know Jesus for yourself. You know, you need to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. I want you to know him in your heart. Know him for yourself and talk to him like Brother Jackie was saying. He had communication with God. That means he know him for himself. You need to know Jesus for yourself. So you can talk to him and tell him what's going on in your life. And he can tell you what his plan is for, for, for you. So that you might be the person, the child of God that God wants you to be. Our Old Testament passage of scripture from Isaiah 40 is a vision for God's plan for our lives. God has a plan for everybody's life. We define ourselves living in that plan. Isaiah 40 and verse 1 says, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sin. See, God's plan is that you don't die in your sins. He came to forgive you of your sin. You don't have to live in sin every day. You can ask God to forgive you of your sins and the guilt of the past will be washed away. Why? Because that's God's plan for mankind. He didn't want you to die in your sin. The scripture says if you die in your sins where I am, you cannot come. It was you can't get into God's heaven until you ask God to forgive you of your sin. He wants to do it. That's the, the comfort that he wants to bring you. That's the good news of the gospel. He goes on to say, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. See, the desert is not a, not a comfortable place. But you can start living for Christ every, any day of your life. You can start right now. You don't have to wait till everything is just right, till the grass is green and everything is perfect. You can start living for Jesus Christ today. You can make a path right now, whether you, everything is going wrong in your life. That's the perfect time to start living for Christ. So make that straight pathway right now and start living for Jesus Christ. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. There are going to be difficult times in life. Everything is not going to be smooth and easy. There are going to be some valleys, some difficult times in life. Yes, there will be mountains too. Mountains to climb, to conquer. We got some things we got to get over in life. 
You know, some people think that when you become a Christian that everything gets easy. But no, it's not going to always be easy. There will be some difficult days. And if I've had some difficult days, I'm sure you have too. But if you have Jesus with you, he can, he can be with you in the mountain and in the valley. He'll be with you through all those times. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places move. There'll be times when you don't know what to do. The crooked places. You're looking around for answers and you can't find them. But look to Jesus. The rough places shall be made smooth. And it said the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, God makes us a promise. He will be with us through it all. No matter what it may be, no matter how difficult it is. And one day he's going to reveal his glory to you. Why you went through those things. Why those things were there to make you better. And as we often heard it say, if it don't kill you, it's just going to make you stronger. That's what these journeys through life is all about. Making us more and more like Christ. Because God wants to shape us in his own image. See, when he made Adam and Eve, they were made just right. But they had to sin in the garden. And destroy the perfect, the perfect relationship that we had with God. And the trials and tribulations are drawn across are supposed to draw us closer to God and saying, Lord, help me through these trials. Help me understand your will and your plan for my life. So his glory will one day be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Our subject today is the Christian experience. Jesus has something to say and do. And whatever God says, it's good. How did God make the world? I used to ask the, the, the youth class, you know, how did God make the world? He spoke it into existence. So God has something to say about everything that goes on in the world. Don't go through life wondering, you know, why am I going through this? You keep asking yourself that question. You will never get the right answer. You need to talk to Jesus and ask God, Lord, what's going on here? Because he has something to say about everything that goes on in the world. Because one scripture said, without him was not anything made that was made. Now I want you to know that Jesus has something to say and do. In our New Testament scripture, in John's gospel, John's gospel was written that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Yes, he was born here, like all of us were born of a woman. But he was, he was born of the Holy Spirit as well. He was God in the flesh, so that when we believe in him, we could have eternal life. For John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, that's the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. That we have eternal life by believing in his son, Jesus Christ. And I want us to believe that today. To believe that Jesus came and died, that we might have life. So you can have life here on earth. Eternal life, because you believe in God. And when this old body dies... We still have hope of eternal life with God in heaven because we believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Our subject again today is the Christian experience. Jesus has something to say and do. And one of the things we've heard throughout life is that things are easier what? Said than done. Things are easier said than done. You can say all the stuff you think you can do. Well, I can do this. I can do that. I can do it better than you can do it. But when the rubber meets the road, can you really do everything you said you could do? The subject today is the Christian experience. Jesus has something to say and do. And in this passage of scripture in John 11, we know this is a scripture about the story when Jesus was raised in Lazarus from the dead. And as we've been going through the passage, we realize that Jesus is getting closer and closer to the moment where he's going to have to prove himself. 
whether he is what he said he is. And John's gospel had many of the I am statements of Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. And in our text, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus has something to say. But now it's about time for Jesus to do what he said he could do. And in this text of scripture in John 11, there are three things I want us to realize that Jesus has something to say and do. Look at John 11 and verse 38. The first thing I want us to understand in this passage of scripture and in our lives is that Jesus meant what he said. Look at John 11 and verse 38. John 11 and verse 38 says, Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. See, I want to understand that Jesus meant what he said. I always remember times when our parents told us to do something. And then we act like we didn't really hear it. We don't do what we wanted to do. You know, she said, you know, baby, go in there and wash the dishes. We want to sit there and watch TV. And after a few minutes, you know, baby, go in there and wash the dishes. Well, okay, I, I'll get it later. And before you know it, she come in there with a switch or a belt or something and said, I meant what I said. Get in there and wash them dishes. Because she meant what she said. And I want to understand that Jesus meant what he said too. Whatever Jesus said, he meant it. He wasn't just talking about stuff and trying to impress people. He meant what he said. And we find in this text of scripture that Jesus was groaning in his spirit because the people were grieving. Anytime you go through a time of bereavement, that's a time of grieving and sorrow. But he said, take away the stone, my God. And you know, when he said that, Martha was like, what did, what did you say? Take away the stone? He'd been dead for four days. There's nothing you can do now. As a matter of fact, he already smelled bad. And anybody who knows, you've seen a dead dog or a raccoon on the side of the road, it started to smell after a couple of days. And Martha's saying, you know, there ain't no need for you rolling the stone back. Why are you saying that? That don't make sense to me. But I want you to know that Jesus meant what he said. And Martha, his friend, is like, you know, don't, wait a minute, don't do that. But yet we find that the Jews are doing what? They went to that, to that grave and moved the stone. Jesus said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So Jesus meant what he said. He said that you would see the glory of God. He told, he told his disciples that Lazarus is not dead, he's asleep. And this is for what? The glory of God. So we find in verse 41 that they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. So Jesus meant what he said. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says, 
But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, me, Sylvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. See, God means what he says in his word. He's not trying to be wishy and washy and sometimes it's right on Monday and it might be wrong next Monday. But it's yes and amen. In other words, you agree with what God has said. We can agree with what God has said. Jesus meant what he said. The second thing I want us to see in this message today is that Jesus has something to say and do. Jesus affirmed what he said. Look at verse 41 again. John 11 and 41, it says, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. So Jesus affirmed what he said. As he was praying to the Father, he was saying, Father, I know you always hear me. And I know I said, you know, when I was on my way from Bethany that, you know, that Lazarus was not dead. He was just sleeping. And I'm going to come and wake him up and bring him out of the grave. But now I'm saying it again so that all these people who hear me will believe that you, Lord, have sent me to the earth. That I am truly the Son of God. I have power on earth and power with God. Not even death has power over me. I'm saying this to affirm this so that everyone might believe that I am the Son of God. So Jesus affirmed what he said. That's a great thing for us as believers. Whenever we're in trouble, whenever we're going through trials and tribulations, whenever things seem to be getting out of order, we can ask Jesus, what did you say? And you know what? He'll repeat it for you to affirm it in your own mind what Jesus has said. We don't have to wonder what the word of God said. We can go back and read it for ourselves. And all the ministers here at Shakedale know that's why many times I read from the Old Testament and the New Testament so you can affirm what the word of God has said. We don't have to wonder what Jesus has said because we can check it out for ourselves. Especially now in this day and time, we have the Bible to read it for ourselves. And we can affirm what the word of God has said. I want us to know and have confidence that Jesus has something to say and do. And that he meant what he said and he could affirm what he said. Look at Luke chapter 4. We can see again that Jesus wants us to believe his word. This is the time when Jesus was being attempted in the wilderness. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So we need to know that Jesus affirmed what he said. Anytime temptation comes, you need to affirm it by what? The word of God. To affirm what Jesus said. 
So you can know for yourself and remind the enemy of your soul what the word of God has said. So you can know what to do. You can affirm what the word of God has said. If we read on, we can see over and over again that Jesus used the word of God. In verse 5 says, Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So we see again that Jesus affirmed the word of God. In his time of temptation, in his time of trouble, he used the word of God to affirm what God wanted him to do. Verse 9 says, then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. See, what happens in life, sometimes people know what you know. And they'll give you a word. But you always need to be able to give them some more word. Don't let someone who is crafty with the Bible come and try to get you off what God wants you to do. You just use a little bit more scripture and let them know that you know some more about what God has told you to do. You affirm, you can affirm the word of God with more word over and over again. The Christian experience, Jesus has something to say and do. We need to be affirmed in what Jesus said because we can find it over and over in God's word. The third thing and the last thing in this text today is Jesus did what he said he could do. Look at John 11 and verse 43. It says, Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. See, Jesus was able to do what he said he could do. What a blessing. What a wonder in our lives when God answers our prayer. When God does what he said he would do. When he keeps his promises. Jesus was able to do what he said he could do. We've all seen friends and people who say, well, I can give you this and that on Monday. But Monday come, you can't find them. Start calling them, calling them at their house and call them on their cell phone. But they can't, you can't find them because they, they don't want to answer because they can't do what they said they would do. But we find that Jesus was able to do what he said he would do. He told Mary and Martha, your brother will live again. And in their mind, they're thinking, you know, yeah, on, the, on that great resurrection morning when, when all God's children will gather in the thro- around the throne. But Jesus wanted to show them that I'm going to do it right now. I'm not going to wait another day. I already waited four days and y'all starting to doubt what I can do. But let me show you what I can do. He just said, Lazarus, come forth. 
And the Bible said that Lazarus didn't take a whole long time. He just got on up and walked out of the tomb. And it said while he was walking out of the tomb, he was wrapped up in all these linen cloths. He didn't wait to get up and get everything right. He just came on out of the grave. And I want to say to you today, don't wait for God to straighten out your life or get everything straightened up, make you look just right and put a new robe on you, get your hair all done and some brand new shoes. But just get on up when God calls your name. Come on out of the grave and stand before the king of glory. God is able to raise the dead. He can do what he said he could do. He can save your soul from sin. You might think that you've done too many things that are wrong. But I want you to know that Jesus can save your soul. Anybody want to be a witness today? Did God save your soul? I want to say he saved my soul one day when I was lost in darkness. He brought me out of darkness into the marvelous life. He did it for Lazarus that day and he can do it for you today. If you are down in darkness, he can bring you out. I want you to know that Jesus did what he said he could do. I want you to trust in him today and believe that Jesus has something to, to say and he has something to do. And he did it right then and there. Look at Matthew 5 and verse 16. He says in Matthew 5 and 16, we know this scripture. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. See, Jesus did what he said he could do. And there is nothing that he said that he's going to do that he's not going to do. If he said he was going to do it, he's going to fulfill it. And I want you to know that right now today, if God made you a promise, he is able to deliver on that promise. There's nothing that has been said from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to, to, to anybody else in the scripture that God said he was going to do it, and he didn't do it. Go down to the scripture. Look and see if God did what he said he would do. He said it, and he was able to perform it. And today, I want you to ask God, you know, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? Because I want to experience every promise that you've made to me, that your glory might be revealed in my life. And I begin to ask, Lord, Lord, what does the glory of the Lord look like? Because these people, when they, after Jesus had asked, told Lazarus to come up out of the grave, they saw it and they said, it says in verse 45, then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. Don't you want to believe in God? You don't want to walk, walk through your life wondering what, whether or not God can do it. That's what happens when we testify. When we say, you know, I was sick and wasn't getting well and went to the doctors and they didn't know what to do. But I called on the name of the Lord and he healed my body. He made me better. That's people seeing the glory of God. When you're in trouble, you don't have a job and say, Lord, I need a job. And yet God gives you a new job. That's what you testify and say that people can see the glory of God. Because people need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. 
Jesus did what he said he would do. And we find out that some of them believe, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. See, we, we said all the time in, in, in Isaiah that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, not only will believers see, but people that don't believe going to see. Your haters are going to see. Your enemies are going to see. But they still can't stop the glory of God being revealed. Whatever God wants to do in your life, he is able to do. And I want you to trust and believe that whatever God has said he would do, he would do to his own honor and glory. What does the glory of God look like? It's when God does something out of nothing. He spoke and the world came into existence. He said, let there be light and there was light. He said, let the, let the firmament be separated from the earth. And he did all of that. He said, let the animals come forth. And all those came forth. That's the glory of God. Every time you wake up in the morning and see the sun shining through the window, that's the glory of God working in your life. What does the glory of the Lord look like? It looks like when God does the impossible and he makes it possible. That's what the glory of God looks like. You might say, well, I'll never do this. I'll never be able to do that. But yet when God comes around and does it, that's what the glory of God looks like. What does the glory of the Lord look like? It looks like when God takes what was dead and makes it alive again. That's what God is able to do. He wants to do that in your life today. The Christian experience, Jesus has something to say and do. I hope you understood the message today as we stand together.